that if we can say, hey, this there's information that you're not going to have access to unless you're in pain, this is going to be the worst year of your life. Or this is going to be the best year of your life. But either way, it's going to be the hardest. So you have some decisions to make. And what was the, like, the dumbest idea that we <laughs> could come up with? Like, let's just stay under the water and see how cold it gets. And yeah. then just stay with all those wet clothes on us for the rest of the day. <laughs> Who can stay longer, isn't it? That was a competition, but it, it was a healthy one. And I ran up to him and I literally said, Richard, you look terrible. I think you're going to die soon. And, and he was like, oh, really? Oh, God, I can't wait. Something about the male animal doesn't thrive well without challenge. And with that being said, we challenge you to listen to this podcast and really take a look at your life after, especially if you're a man. Our guest today is author of Today I Rise, Men Uncivilized, two-time TEDx speaker, leader of the whole movement Men Uncivilized, as well as a podcast host. This man is just a pure treasure of wisdom. But before he got here, Trevor has been through some dark times. He was about to turn 40 when his ex-wife lost a pregnancy, he then got divorced and also lost his business. Yeah, well, tell me about unbearable levels of pain right there. But hey, Trevor has been able to transmute that pain into an amazing gift that he gets to share with us all today. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Trevor You are listening to The Grateful Show with your hosts, Pascu and Bogdan. Join us on our mission to spread awareness around mental health and make people feel happier and overall more grateful. Each week, we bring you an inspiring guest, stories, and a message that will help you become your best self and pursue your life mission. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of The Grateful Show. Hope you're doing fantastic, and if you're not, You're about to be because today we have no other than Trevor Boehm. How is it going, brother? Quite well. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, definitely. It's our pleasure so just to break the ice. What are you grateful for today? Ooh, I am about to move. Uh, I've been living in uh, like a short-term rental here in Denver. And this place, you can't see it right now, but it's super dark. So it's it's 12 o'clock noon here. So like midday, mm. if I turned off my um, my podcasting, this, is, oh, this wow. is how dark it is. And I can't do that, uh, So especially as someone who uses video. So I'm moving into a beautiful new house just up the road. And so I'm super grateful for that. Brother, I would say that's such a coincidence because as I was saying, you all fair, we just moved houses, myself and my partner, mm. and basically it was the same case. And only when I got in here in this current setup, I realized how much that was impacting myself and my productivity and everything. Mm-hmm. Same, same reason with the lighting, with lack of light. But yeah, yeah. Bef- before we dive any, any further, can you give our audience like a brief introduction to basically who you are and how you came to be where you are now, please? Sure. Uh, my name is Trevor Bohm. As I said, I'm an author of a couple different books. One called Today I Rise, which is a post-divorce, post-breakup, kind of a path for people to take. And that was my initiation into writing books. But my more popular book is called Man Uncivilized. Mm -hmm. And it's really a guidebook for what I proposed at the time and now has come to be, which is a third paradigm of masculinity, like a new pathway for men to walk in the world that honors who we are biologically and historically 
yet also offers up a new pathway as far as consciousness and emotionality and emotional intelligence. So I threw that book out two and a half years ago uh, and my whole life exploded. Uh, I started a movement off of it. Now have 15 groups all over the world of, of men's groups, run workshops, have team leaders, have a coaching course, have guys taking what I do and, and really turning it into something much bigger than I ever thought it would be. Uh, and so I got here. It's, that's a bit of a longer story, but uh, the quick and dirty is I lost just about everything. It's that classic, you know, I was about to turn 40 years old. I was married. I had my first kid on the way, had this amazing business. And then boom, my ex-wife lost the pregnancy. She said that was uh, the universe's way of telling her that we needed to get divorced. Oh, wow. So she took mm-hmm. off. And then the very next day, my business partnership kind of fell apart in the same vein for completely different reasons. And I realized that I was up against something bigger than I was. And so it really forced me, especially as a man, to stop and say, okay, something's going on here. I can drink my way through this. I can get high. I can start having sex with a lot of women. I can dive into all of these ways to pretend that this isn't happening, or I can let go of all of that. And say, allow this pain, this heartache, this heartbreak, all of it to reorganize my life in a different way. And I think a more aligned way and a healthier way. So that's the the long story of how I got here. And I would also just love to add that I've gotten here with an immense amount of help. That Mm -hmm. I didn't build the movement by myself. I didn't get myself healthy and well by myself. Uh, There have been an infinite amount of people who have supported me along the way. And who, to whom I owe credit, but also just uh, gratitude and thanks. Yeah, awesome that's very story. beautiful. Yeah, I was actually just listening to uh, uh, Instagram short uh, video, and there was this monk. There was this guy who is telling how basically we, as people, don't uh, necessarily stay together. We just fight for our own purpose. And uh, from there, he was telling that it would be amazing if we together would work to actually bring some more happiness, some more joy. And that's how basically the suffers will will start to fall through brotherhood. And I know that mm-hmm. you are all about brotherhood um, as well. And I just wanted to actually ask you, um, because you mentioned that you went through some hardships. And let's say that one young man, or not necessarily young, one man is actually going through some similar stuff, but maybe they are not prepared necessarily for it. So what would be your advice mm-hmm. regarding to that? Because I know that it was really hard for you. So you are yeah, in a position to you. give some advice. Yeah, it's a great question, Bogdan. I wasn't prepared. I don't think, I think part of, if we look at this almost, and I don't want to get too weird with your audience, but if we look at this through the lens of myth or through mm-hmm. the lens of story, it has to be something that we're unprepared for, for it really to make us grow and change. And so the first piece of advice I give to anyone struggling, especially a man is hang on, mm-hmm. just, just realize that this is going to take longer than you want it to. It's going to be harder than you want it to. And on some level afterwards, if it is that, if it is longer and it is harder than you thought it could be, you'll be grateful for that. 
if it's just like a little thing, like, you know, a workout, if I said, mm-hmm. all right, I want you today, I want you to go out there and I want you to do one push up. Like, oh, was it life changing? Are you a new person? Did you did everything change in your life? You'd be like, no, I actually just kind of did that. Yeah. I was like, okay, I want you to run a marathon next week. Like, okie dokie, that's going to change you. That's going to push you. Mm-hmm. So hang on. Two, I think one of the unique things about men specifically is that we have this belief that if something's happening to us, one of two things is true, or both of two things is true. One, it's never happened to anybody else, and it will never, ever happen. Like, I was like, I'm the only guy getting divorced in the entire, I'm the first guy, and I'm the only guy. That was just some weird belief. Yeah. And two, I have to go through it alone. Or it's better. I don't want to burden anybody. Or you guys, if I told you guys, you'd be like, oh man, you must be weak. You know, yeah. you must not be a full man. I can't believe that you're going through this. So we have this lie mm. that we're the only one and we have to be isolated for it, which just makes That's things it, worse. Yeah. You know, especially when we're talking to dudes who are like, somehow we've gotten in our heads that we're never supposed to have hardship. We're never supposed to go through hard things. It's, it's like, it's not going to happen to us, but damn it. If it does, we got to lock the door and just wait and kind of hunker down and hope that it passes or pretend that it's not bothering us. And one of the things I've learned in the last five years from running now hundreds and hundreds of men's meetings is how common the same shit is yeah. that's happening to us and, and watching guys eyes light up and be like, wow, you too. It's happening to you too. And they're like, yeah, I thought I was the only one, but you're the only guy on the planet with a drinking problem. Yeah, it was me. You're the only guy on the planet looking at porn. Yeah, it was me. Like, and then there's something about us that relaxes. It doesn't solve the problem. It's not like, Oh, cool. Now I just feel amazing. I'm Mm. getting divorced and I lost everything. And my kids, it's not, it doesn't work that way, but at least there's some comfort and some sense of belonging mm-hmm. and some sense of camaraderie, perhaps, and some mm-hmm. sense of support and just knowing that like, Hey, cool. Okay. You're going through this. I'm going through this too. There's this like a, a grace, a, a humanity that comes into it. And if we talk again, specifically to men, we love to go through hard shit together. Like anybody who's played on a team sport, like what's okay. It's us against the world. Like us 10 guys, right? And so when I think when men realize, okay, I want to quit today, it's too big. The divorce is too much. The the drink, it's too much, but I have a brother next to me like, okay, I'll keep going for him. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we, we end up. That's the advice I would give is please just be honest. Like it's not macho and rah, rah to reach out to your buddy and say like, Hey man, uh, I'm not in a good place right now. And I could really use some help. I could really use some support could really use just like, do you want to come over and just hang out with me? And maybe like, we don't have to go to therapy together. I know that's a big Mm. stretch, but like, let's just go for a walk. I need to get out of my house and I need to talk to somebody. And there was one thing, sorry to cut you off. There was one thing that you mentioned that really stood out to me. And that was the fact that it's almost like nowadays men are not really willing and they don't really feel as ready to face hardship yet. If you look back uh, 2,000 years ago at emperors, Julius Caesar, armies that were conquering like entire empires 
armies that were basically just made to fight and endure mm. as many hardships as possible. I was listening to a speech from Alexander the Great today and basically saying that the way he fought made him get his physical body in such a shape that there was no space on front of his body without wounds. Mm. So that's some whole other level of uh, mm. hardship and enduring pain. But now my question to you is, do you think this has been lost through the generations or has this been lost on purpose with the modern world and with the speed that everything is changing at right now? That's a great question. I think I want to address it two ways. Hey, just a little break right here, guys, before I let you in on the rest of our conversation. If you haven't already, please do consider giving us a five-star rating review on iTunes as well as on Spotify. That will allow us to not only bring more guests to the show, but also expand our reach and uh, yeah, reach more people like yourself. And together, we'll be able to have a greater impact. And with that said, thank you so much. Back to the podcast. One, if we ask men to do, most men, let's just say, physically difficult things, that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, hey guys, we're going to run a 10K tomorrow. We're going to wear a 45 pound weight vest and we're going to do 50 push ups every 200 yards. A lot of men would be like, hell yeah, sign mm-hmm. me up. I'd be like, okay, here's what I need you to do I want you to write yourself a letter. And I want you to tell yourself all the things that you wish your dad had told you as a kid. And I'll get guys who'll be like, there's no fucking way I'm doing that. I'll run that 10K 25 times if you want me to. So, Pascu, there's some disconnect between doing hard things on the inside and doing hard things on the outside. And I will also say to your point, and I'll speak specifically about the U.S. because I'm not sure what it's like in the areas where you guys are, I'd say in the last 20 years, it's really shifted just culturally Yeah, that um, we've gotten so coddled, you know, with that word of like, we've gotten so like wrapped in bubble wrap. And I, I blame the iPhone and the fact that if I yeah. want to, I can sit here with you guys and be like, Hey man, I need 30 seconds. I can grab my phone and I can get food, I can get new clothes, I can get everything to be here in the next 20, and be like, hey, it's cool. I'm just going to sit here and chat with you, right? Everything can get brought to me. And so somewhere along the line in the last 10, 15 years, because I work with a lot of younger guys who are like, yeah, I'm not going outside and working today. It's raining. <laughs> are you kidding me? Like as a, as a kid, my dad was like, hey, no one's going to, that shows snow's not going to shovel itself, is it? Right. Like, but it's like minus 20 degrees. Like, well, then you better get moving faster. And somewhere along the line, we've, um, yeah, there's a great book called the coddling of the American mind that I would highly recommend. And it's, it's more specific to the West and more specific to the U S. Uh, but somehow we've gotten off of this idea that a little kid falling down and skinning his knee, like that's okay. Yeah, that's that's really actually important. It's actually really vital as opposed to like we're protecting him from skinning his knee. So I think we have a lot of generation that uh, just hasn't uh, experienced it. That being said, I'm 46 years old and know that there were parts of my upbringing that now I'm like, that was a little bit too much. You know, like we probably should have had helmets on. Yeah. riding bikes down the streets. We probably should have worn seatbelts. 
You know, like the coach that I had as a 10 year old who was throwing me against the wall and screaming in my face, that's called child abuse. Mm. You know, so like we, we, the pendulum swung a little too far. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it needs to swing back to the middle. Like I'm not advocating we get rid of seatbelts and helmets and yeah, other things, but mm-hmm. right. Like kids are supposed to hurt themselves. It's how, especially male, male, like adolescent males, we want to test ourselves against the world. And as the world's gotten easier and easier for some of us, we now have to find these different outlets uh, to recreate the difficulty. Yeah. Right? I yeah. had a CrossFit gym for a decade. And if you know anything about CrossFit, essentially we just do like, like labor. Like you can go to a construction site and be like, oh, you guys just do CrossFit. Yeah, pretty much. Some farmers. And it's like, oh, you guys just do CrossFit. Right, go watch some hunters. It's like, we don't have that. So now we have to pay $300 a month for someone to be like, take this sledgehammer and hit a tire. And like, wow, look at me. I'm getting after it. And you're like, oh, yeah, there's not a lot of, not a lot of construction workers doing CrossFit, right? Uh, so anyway, that's, I think, the long story. Again, long answer to a short question. Yeah, yeah. And I think that answers the question. That one of the questions that I personally been asked so many times that it's just straight up knowing at this stage when people ask, oh, why do you wake up at 5 a.m.? You wake up at 5 a.m. on a Saturday? Why do you do cold showers? Why did you run a half marathon? Why would you go to like a Vipassana retreat? Like, why would you do this to yourself? And I'm like, why would you not? Why aren't you? <laughs> it's literally like what, what you just described right now. This it's a different vital. paradigm. Yeah. And I think there's some people that it's innate. It's in you. Yeah. Like, I want to test myself against the world. That's in my blood. I don't know where that came from. I don't know if it was my upbringing or watching, you know, Rocky as a kid or whatever it was, but it's something too in the male animal that we want to test ourselves. If you go to any jujitsu school anywhere in the world, it's 99% men. Why is that? Yeah. Is it just because of the marketing? I don't think so. It's because there's something about being male that we go, okay, I want to know if I'm better than him. Mm-hmm. Right, it's in us, and if there's no other person, it's I want to know if I'm better than the cold water, I want to know if I'm better than the snooze button, and that keeps us. It's invigorating, right? Like we think about it, like yeah, I got my win in today. So I'm with you, Pascu. It's I have the same early morning routine. Did cold baths and was like, remember last year I wanted to see if I could sit in freezing cold water through all of Metallica One, that song, <laughs> which is as a 46 year old, the dumbest thing I can do. Like there was zero, my girlfriend was like, you are an actual idiot. I was like, yeah, but I, now I know. Yeah. Like if someone asks me in the street tomorrow, right. If someone questions me, Hey, can you sit through Metallica One? I'm like, oh, I know. I don't have to wonder this now. <laughs> to add to that story. Uh, I'll just give a, like a very short story. Me and Bogdan going through a Canyon in 2020. It was literally right after the pandemic started to settle. We were in this Canyon in the middle of the mountains in Romania and there was like the coldest water that I've ever been into. It was literally middle of the summer, but the water must have had like nine degrees Celsius. Yeah. And what was the, like the dumbest idea that we <laughs> could come up with? Like, let's just stay under the water and see how cold it gets. And yeah. then just stay with all those wet clothes on us for the rest of the day. Who can stay longer, <laughs> isn't it? That was a competition, but it, it was a healthy one. It was a healthy one. And that's why, again, friendship and uh, brotherhood is really important, you know? It's really important. You got to push yourself. <laughs> right.
<laughs> and I think we just have to accept that as men, we're different. And that's, that's, I've told a number of women, why are you, why do you, why do you, why do you like, cause we're different and we can't tell you why we need to do this, but we need to do this. And when we give ourselves permission to do this, we are better off afterwards, mm-hmm. right? We just have this path that continues that we're like, okay, I'm actually healthier mm-hmm. because I woke up and sat in a freezing cold pool mm-hmm. than I would be if I woke up and I ate a pop tart and hung out, you know, in my pajamas and didn't and smoked a smoked a joint, played mm-hmm. some video games till noon. Something about the male animal doesn't thrive well without challenge. Yeah. And because we are really, really bombarded with all these activities, all these things that you can eat that actually triggers the dopamine system. And when the dopamine hits way more than it should be, then you start to only crave pleasures and you can't find joy and you can't find any satisfaction in just sitting by yourself. Or, mm-hmm. I don't know, watching the sunset or the sunrise or just working, even like productive wise, it's affecting yeah. mm-hmm. it's affecting us. But yeah, I just wanted to go a little bit more personal and just wanted to ask you, what experience are you the most grateful for so far in your life? I mean, that's a doozy, brother. I mean, I have to say, even though I preface this by you know, saying, if you do it right, if you go through something that's painful, I will say my divorce, Mm. despite trying to to not have it happen and and fighting against it and all the things, because it really was the turning point in my life. I quit drinking during my divorce. I quit smoking pot during my divorce. I quit looking at porn during my divorce. I found the teachers who are now my guides. I realized, holy shit, when I type things on the computer, people really like reading them. Now I have a whole different career. Now my partnership is completely different. It's conscious. My, my understanding of my own sexuality is different. All the travel that I've gotten to do, the fact that I get to stand in front of a thousand people and teach, it wasn't happening before then. Yet if you had asked me, Bogdan, in the middle of it, I'd be like, I will pay you $10 million. I'll have to borrow it, but I will pay you that to have this over right now. I don't want this. I want nothing to do with it. So that, that was a biggie, man. It was a biggie. It, it set me on this, this path, right? It was my awakening. It was my coming to consciousness. And then I was very fortunate that when my business partnership ended, uh, I, my partner bought my half of the business. And for a year, I got a paycheck and I got to do whatever I wanted. And so I'm also really grateful for that space. Because I created a year-long project that really let me see the world and experience some even really, really brutally hard things, but yet things that opened me and expanded me and allowed me to exist as I am today. And I think that combo, even though that two-year period uh, was brutal, uh, it was was super impactful. And I'll I'll share one quick story about Mm -hmm. it because I'm now really good friends with the guy. Uh, He came to my workshop actually about three weeks ago, right when my ex-wife left, uh, a girl at my gym found out about it and said, you need to talk to my brother. And I was like, okay, why do I need to talk to your brother? She goes, exact same thing happened to him. And I was like, all right, cool. Will he take my call? She goes, yeah, he'll take your call. Trust me. I'll, I'll, I'll send him a message. So I send this guy a message. We get on the phone. His name's Johnny King. 
And within the first two minutes, I just got chills. Uh, he goes, Hey man, I got something hard to tell you. You ready for it? This is going to be the worst year of your life. Or this is going to be the best year of your life. But either way, it's going to be the hardest. So you have some decisions to make. And that Bogdan, that literally that one sentence was the difference of like, you know what? I'm getting after this. I'm going I'm to lean into all of it. I, if it sucks, I don't care. Let it suck. Let it be awful. Let it be terrible. As opposed to the old way, which is like, ooh, this is bad. This sucks. Okay. Um, let me get out of this. Let me, let me numb this out. Let me drink through this, smoke through this, do whatever through it. So that one sentence was, was really the game changer of the frame of going through something really hard. It, it's going to be the best year of your life. I was like so shocked when he said that. And it wasn't when I was going through it. But now in hindsight, to answer your question, like if that hadn't happened, you guys, I'd probably still be like teaching kettlebell swings at a gym, wishing that I was speaking, wishing that I was writing, like wishing that I wasn't in such a shitty marriage, wishing that blah, blah, blah. Mm. So it's a hard earned sentence to say, but like the hardest year of my life was the thing I'm most grateful for. Thanks for sharing. And yeah. I'm going to quote Trevor for you guys listening. He's basically said that pain is the greatest teacher that none of us wants to learn from. And that's from yeah. his TEDx talk. Yeah. And that's basically what you just expressed right now. And I think it's probably, as I think you were mentioning it as being an epidemic of unexpressed pain. Yeah. And the fact that basically men specifically, which I think it's our duty to confront pain and feel pain and actually accept pain yeah. uh, we are like more than ever avoiding it for like longer periods of time because there's some so many more dis, so many more distractions there than they used to be 40 years ago 50 right. 20 uh, that yeah it just unfortunately allows allows a lot of men at least in my perspective to just waste their life away yeah I completely agree with you. It's for men specifically. I say like men, pain is the one leader we're afraid, most afraid to follow. Mm. Like there's, I, I want guys, first of all, I want to people to hear this, that if your life is great, don't run out in the street and get like hit by a car. So you're like, sweet. I have a broken leg. I'm in pain. This is awesome. This dude on a podcast said this thing's going to teach me. No, no, no. It's going to find you. And when it does, that's when you have to take a breath and say, okay, here's an opportunity. There's an opportunity to go a different direction. There's an opportunity to let this substance like move its way through my body and reorganize my life and reorganize my DNA. Like I literally believe I, I've looked at pictures and heard, uh, even heard my own voice from before my divorce. Yeah. And yeah. it sounds completely different now. Yeah. Like something literally happened inside of me that I didn't want to happen, fellas. I'm not sitting here. I know. I hope it's not coming across that I was like, wow, this is the best. Yay, pain. And I don't think that's the right frame. But I think for men specifically, that if we can say, hey, this, there's information that you're not going to have access to unless you're in pain. Mm -hmm. And there's levels of truth 
yep. levels of like actual, like unpeeling the onion of truth. Oh, we're going to get down to the real thing, the root of the root of the root. There's a price for that. You don't get to that, like just walking down the street on a nice sunny day when, you know, everything's great in your life. And I'm not to say that joy can't be its own teacher as well, or pleasure can't be its own mm-hmm. teacher. But as you said, or Bogdan said was about dopamine, we're, we're pretty much getting a lot of lessons from, from pleasure that we didn't even earn. Yeah. But yet, oh, if say someone listening to this is sick or has had a loss of their family or a uh, divorce, or even, I don't know how COVID was in Romania, but man, it, a lot of people suffered. And I can say to people now, one, what did that suffering teach you? What about your life wasn't working? Mm. A lot of people got faced with the fact of, you know what? I really don't like my marriage. I really don't like my partnership. I really don't like my job. I don't, I got I, I have to look at the, I am now confronted with the idea that death is a real thing, not just some abstract concept that may or may not happen to me 70 years from now. It's real. Okay. Well, how do I want to spend my time on this earth? How do I want to spend the next two years of this relationship? Are there things I can share with my partner or ask of him or her that I was afraid to three weeks ago? So I, I completely agree that uh, pain is, it's just a unique piece, man. It's just a unique piece. And I'm not going to say seek it, but when it comes, Let use it, it because it is an yeah. opportunity. Yeah, exactly. I would also, I would also not, not to disagree with you, but I will also tell people that to a certain degree and extent, if you want to speed up your process, you have to seek it. Like the craziest thing, probably top craziest things that I've done, which doesn't really sound like much to people that don't actually comprehend the concept, is go on, uh, on a 10-day retreat of Vipassana meditation where you don't speak to anybody, you just meditate 10, 12 hours a day. And basically one of our best friends, who's in Romania, Radu, told me prior, like, I was like, what should I expect? He was like, I can't tell you what to expect. The only thing I will tell you is that it's definitely going to be the hardest thing that you've ever done. Mm -hmm. And my ego in that moment was like, bro, I've done martial arts for four years. I've been beaten like how probably not many people have been beaten. I've been bullied. Like, I'm going to be fine. Don't worry. It's like, okay, you you wait and see. And basically the amount of, pain that I had to go through mentally was just horrendous that I do believe. And I like to think that has sped up the process of like digesting certain emotions, coming to coming to acceptance with some parts of my shadow, uh, coming to, to good terms with like some mistakes that I've made. So yeah, I I would say that to a certain degree, uh, if people, actually don't have any pain in their life and everything is rainbows they should seek some some parts of yeah. of it ideally but what yeah. i wanted to ask you though because you were talking about death and it's definitely something that i would like to i keep trying to incorporate it in my daily routine but living in a metropolis like london it's very hard to to have that balance of like mm-hmm constantly philosophizing about the fact that you might die. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want, what I wanted to ask you though is if there will be, and I personally am more cert- very certain that there will be this time in our lifetimes, if there will be a chance for you to become immortal, would you choose to? If so, why? And if not, why? I wouldn't. Mm. Uh, and it's because I believe just in the nature of cycles, 
And I can already feel that I'm in the, at my age, I've passed a certain cycle that I don't quite understand what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I don't agree with it. I don't agree with a lot of what's happening in the world right now. And it feels like it's bigger than I am, that I may not be able to shift this tide or this, this way that a mass of people are thinking. And so I wouldn't, Pascu, it's, I, I really want to experience the full cycle of life including the down the back half even though the back half is sold to us as it's terrible you don't want to do it it's going to be painful and your body breaks down your friends die you lose things but yet i believe that there's there's a peace that comes with it you know in that year that i talked to you guys about uh, i volunteered in hospice for a good chunk of that so i was with people who were dying every single day. And death was like the number one subject on my mind for months. And for a lot of these people, there was a lot, there was anticipate, it was, there was anticipation. Yeah. But I had this one client or one patient guy named Richard that he was 93 years old. Mm-hmm. And this was, this was hilarious. Uh, one day I came in and he would just call me kid. I was like 42 years old. He'd be like, kid, come here. You know what I found out today? I'd be like, what would you find out, Richard? It's like when you get to heaven, you're ha- you live at the age, half of the age that you die at. He's like, so I'm 93, so I'm going to be 46 and a half in heaven. And I was like, where did you find this out? And he just goes, it's going around, right? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Uh, there's some, there's some, there's some stuff happening in old folks' homes. But I remember uh, he wanted to pass, guys. He wanted to. He's like, I'm 93. I don't know anybody anymore. Mm. My family's not really involved with me. Like, I'm stuck in this chair. You know, like, I have people that have to come help me go to the bathroom. It's like, I miss my wife. And it didn't really land for me until I left for a couple months to go do a a different project. Mm -hmm. And when I came back, he was really sick. And I, you know, I'd found out, you know, when I had left a couple of times, I'd gotten emails of like Richard had to go to the emergency room because he had a UTI and that, and that can kill a guy at 93. Yeah. And I remember coming back into the room and seeing him and thinking, holy shit, you've, you've gone downhill significantly. And I ran up to him and I literally said, Richard, you look terrible. I think you're going to die soon. And, and he was like, oh, Really? Oh God, I can't wait. And and that shift, Pasc, like that was in wow. my head was like, wait a minute, this, oh, there's a natural order to things. And he actually feels like he's behind. He's yeah. yeah, he's he's like, it should have been already. Yeah. He's so ready to take that next step. Mm. So I wouldn't do it. You know, I'd rather like if you could give me some other superpowers while I'm here, <laughs> I was, I will much I'd be like time travel, Pascu, I'm on it. Yeah, you know, same, like same the ability to be like a world class surfer. I'll tell but immortality. <laughs> anything <laughs> anything wanna, else than that. Yeah, I don't, don't want to see what like the ninth iteration of TikTok is 40 years from now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just yeah. want to be gone, man. <laughs> yeah. And also there is this uh because you you shared this story, and all I was thinking about was that you f- somehow find peace in death and that's why when you are actually living 
you just gotta give your best, man. <clears throat> you have one shot, you give your best, then you die, you get some rest. <laughs> yeah. To add into that book, then I think it was Seneca that's not that I, I read that much of Seneca, but I actually listened to a very cool techno song like two years ago when I was having an awakening. And in the song itself, there's a lyric where it says that the man that learns how to die unlearns slavery. Ooh. That's yeah. a sentence, man. Yeah. Also, memento mori. Yeah. But yeah, just... Uh... Just wanted to to ask you this uh, this question, brother, because there are some things that are keep repeating with this question, and I want to find out if you would give more or less the same answer to to this and how to live a more healthier or more happier life. And that's why I'm just going to ask you: What are three things that you would recommend to people uh, in order to become their true selves? You know, we forget that we are actually communal beings. Exactly. Yeah. And I think number one is if COVID taught us anything, it's that handshakes and hugs are, are pure medicine. They're absolute medicine. Mm-hmm. Sitting across the table from someone and drinking coffee and sharing your life is absolute medicine. And it's and I'm grateful that I get to, you're in London and you're in Romania and I'm in Denver and we get to do this and Zoom and technology yeah. is is awesome. Yeah. And to go back to some basics of nature, the woods, mm-hmm. the wilderness, the ocean, a park, like that's, we've forgotten that it wasn't more than like 150 years ago. That's how we lived all the way up through the entire human history. So I'd say step one is that step two, we, we got to move our bodies. We are so damn sedentary and here in America, it's, it's out of control. I even find as a businessman now, I'm like, God, I sat for seven hours today. So get up and move. And for like, we don't get to, we don't get to bypass our bodies mm-hmm. and technology is trying to take over spirituality kind of tried to get us like, Oh, your body's not your real thing. Well, stub your toe and tell me that. Right. Or uh, get a UTI and tell me that. So take care of your body. And for men specifically get strong. I have never met a guy who is like, you know what, man, I need to hire you. My life's falling apart. And I'm like, why? What's going on? He's like, I'm just too strong. <laughs> just have that. Never, never. I'm just Maybe. too much testosterone. It's just too, yeah. You know, the other day I was benching 600 pounds and now my life fell apart. And, and it's not even that you have to do that, but you got to celebrate. I'd say celebrate your body. If you've been enjoying this uh, episode so far, if you've been enjoying uh, other episodes in the podcast overall and you haven't already given us a five-star rating review, please do consider doing so. Now you can do that on Spotify as well as iTunes. And yeah, it will uh, really mean a lot for us. It would help us grow the podcast and bring more guests to the show. And yeah, that's about it. I'll let you guys back to the podcast. Celebrate your body. And then lastly, we seem to also forget our food matters. These are such basics, right? But like what we eat, we have to eat every day. We have to eat every day. Most of us. And we become what we eat as well. Eat real food. Like cook your own food. Get back engaged with your own life. Uh, On some level, I very much envy the time that my grandparents lived. I don't don't envy having to live through World War II. I don't envy you know, people getting polio and and dying or some of the social things that were going on, but man, they cooked meals every day. 
They knew where their food came from. They shook hands with the guy they got their meat from. They knew the person the eggs came from. They knew everybody on their street. Was that problematic sometimes? Yeah, but was it really helpful when there was bad weather or someone got sick or someone needed help? I spent uh, the winter down in Costa Rica and immediately was thrust into a community because why? Because if you needed something, you got to ask somebody. Yeah. And I forgot like how my, this is a, a, a different story. My partner and I were in an accident and immediately people who we didn't know drove us to the hospital, looked after us after, dropped in and brought us food. And I was like, oh, in Denver, Colorado, Never I don't left. know if that would happen on like, if not in my street, like no one knows me on my street. Yeah. I pull in my garage, I shut the door and then no one knows me. So yeah. I would go with that of, we need people, we need movement, we need real food. We need some other shit. Yeah, we do. But you go with those three and, and life's going to be pretty smooth. Yeah, just the basics, right? If we don't nail those basics and if we look for like some certain pill or some certain answer that might come from the sky, yeah, it's never going to happen. <laughs> and I'll say that lastly, one of the best things I've done this year is on Wednesdays and Sundays, I delete all my social media. Mm-hmm. And just that, and I get it. Like I, I work on social media. My movements yeah. on social media. I talk yeah. to people on social. We need, as business people, we need it. But what do you know? What happens on Wednesdays is like I feel more peaceful. I don't check my phone every sixty seconds if I'm sitting there. I feel more on Sundays. What do I do? I go for a walk with my my girlfriend, and I'm not looking at my. I'm not sitting there out and, and looking at the beautiful Colorado mountains and be like, oh my god, look what's on Instagram. <laughs> Right, a picture of the Colorado mountains. It's that that doesn't happen. Yeah. So I would say have a disciplined relationship with technology would be number four. If I can add one more, I love yeah. that. And for that, I would I would add uh, if people could not necessarily read, but listen to digital minimalism. It teaches you exactly mm-hmm. that, and it's something that has also helped me shift a lot of my um, processes and a lot of the projects that I'm involved in because I used to be non-stop like you just said like 24 7 just instagram email let's do this let's do that like from a screen to another i would have 12 12 hours screen time on my laptop and like another free on my phone and i wake up and then i would just do this and yeah like it is sustainable for a while and you think that it's all good mm-hmm. however once you stop and once you take a break you're like ah this is how it should feel like Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, I like to correlate back to what you were saying about food. I have days now, I'm not going to give names or, uh, or environments, but I have days now when I hang out with people and I'm like, how can you survive with that food? Like, I would feel like total crap eating that. Like, are you even concerned? Are you even aware of what that does to your body? Like, I have days when I would rather not eat till 5 p.m. rather than eat fast food or eat any shit that I can find in London. Um, but yeah. yeah, we forgot where the baseline is because yeah. we got so weak. And if you are telling someone, dude, okay, I know you are feeling good with your life, with your six hours a night, but how about trying to sleep eight and see then how you would feel? Or how about trying to do some meditation or no fap, and then you will see how you feel because these things that maybe they are done in purpose, maybe not. It's just trying to to make you more weak and more vulnerable, but not in a way that it's healthy, like expressing yourself, but in a way that 
if you, you are actually becoming softer like a snowflake and with every single thing that is happening in your life you are just going to break right. but yeah uh <laughs> because we talked about how men were strong during the wars and obviously we don't have to be in wars to be strong but i just mm -hmm. wanted to to talk a little bit about um about trauma about intergenerational trauma and how that can affect a man if he doesn't realize it soon enough that it's actually dragging him down. So I just wanted to ask you what advices, what pieces of advice would you give them on uncovering the truth of their misery? Mm. Trauma is a huge subject, right? It's a huge subject. <clears throat> it's probably in, an, in its entirety, it's above my pay grade. Mm -hmm. uh, I work with brilliant therapists and they've taught me a lot about trauma. So I won't look at the epigenetic aspect of inter intergenerational trauma. I believe it, that like it actually gets passed down in the genes, but I'm not the right person to talk about that. But what I will say is, gosh, it makes a lot of sense that if my grandfather came home from World War II and he was severely traumatized, that's going to influence the way he raised my dad. And then, gosh, if my dad was raised by a man who was traumatized and he doesn't have any kind of therapeutic intervention ever in his life, then, gee, he's going to raise me in a way as a man. And it may be he may go the complete opposite direction of his grandfather or his father, rather. Or he may go completely in the same direction, mm -hmm. but either way, there's a path of influence. And so what I say to every man is you actually don't need to know what you need to do is look at how am I in being influenced right now? Mm -hmm. What are my behaviors right now? So say I was adopted and I didn't know that my grandfather and my dad were both alcoholics, but shit, if I've been drinking too much and it's, it, geez, it's a thing. And it's just a thing and it's a thing and it's a thing. I may want to look at that. So I want all men to just take like take an honest snapshot of your life, like a really brutally honest snapshot of your life. Who do you date? What are their characteristics? Where do you go to when you get upset? Or do you get violent? Do you get angry? Do you get depressed? Do you get anxious? How do you numb yourself? Here's the million dollar question, because it's probably very similar to my grandfather and my dad. What is the feeling that I'm most uncomfortable with? That's what I'm most likely trying to avoid. Is it shame? Is it guilt? Is it grief? Mm -hmm. Is it anger? Usually with men, it's not anger. That one's okay for us. But like, what's the feeling? If I got real, real honest, for me, it's grief and loneliness. I don't want to, I'm boredom. Those three are, are my whole thing. And what do you know? My dad was a workaholic, also drank a lot. What do you know? My grandfather was a workaholic, didn't drink a lot, but came home from World War II, kind of fucked up. God bless him for being there. So, hmm, what do I know? What am I not comfortable with? Mm -hmm. I'm not comfortable being alone in a room where I wasn't before doing a lot of work or I grief. I don't want to experience it's just hard. And it, it's, not, it's hard for a lot of reasons. So I am a huge advocate of therapy and I get it. That word's scary for a lot of people. And it, it's just, it's got connotations that something's wrong with you, but man, I've been in therapy since my divorce on and off. And it's not like, okay, here's the deal. 
you got to be in this for the next 60 years. You don't. There are periods when like I've gone years without going to going to therapy. And then what do you know? Huh? I'm not sleeping that well. I don't, I don't drink, but like, man, I kind of wish I did. Gosh, there's a lot of stress at work. Uh, I, I recently started going back to therapy because I had an employee die and my oh, girlfriend nice. and I got in a really bad accident and my dad got sick. And I was like, huh, let's, let's just be logical here. These three things happened. I'm getting really angry huh? and everything's going great. I'm not sleeping. What, what, what could it be? Is, do I just, did I just catch insomnia? Mm-hmm. Did I just catch anger? Or do I not know how, as a, as a sovereign being, how to work through that stuff on my own? So I need a professional. And do I not know how to work through it on, a, on my own? Also with a 12-hour-a-day work schedule and a girlfriend and a jujitsu habit and some other things that yeah. I really love to do that I'm not like, ah, for an hour a day, I'm going to sit down and try to figure my own shit out. Yeah. Right. So with trauma, I view trauma like a blind spot, Mm. like like an octopus on your face or something that I don't see it. I'm looking around like, I don't see it. I don't have one. And you two guys are like, bro, it's, it's, it's it's Mm. right there. Like, but I, I, you know, I just don't sleep well, bro. Something's going on in you. So I know trauma is a massive, massive topic. Uh, I work with Dewey Freeman and Michael Gay, who are these extraordinary therapists and extraordinary men. And they will get to the, like the root of the root of the root, which may even be pre-verbal. It may be stuff that yeah. happened to you in the womb, yeah. which like when, when that, when I learned that, or it may have been passed down, it just went, okay. I am a 46-year-old dude from Connecticut, America. I studied philosophy and Chinese medicine and jujitsu. I don't have the tools. If you were to say, hey, man, build me a house, I'd be like, ah, we could take like a hammer and a, a chainsaw, and it's going to be a shitty house. So why would I view trauma as something I know how to navigate when there's professionals that that's what they do all day? Yeah, and but that's our biggest problem. It's yeah, our biggest problem. I would say also for men, like we look at some things. Like I didn't, I go to jujitsu school because I don't know jujitsu. Yeah, I wasn't like one day, like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to figure out jujitsu. How are you going to do it? I'm going to sit in a room by myself and I'm just going to figure it out. And if I was like, hey, hey, fellas, uh, I think I'm going to go to the jujitsu school. No one was like, what are you, a pussy? Just go sit in a room and figure it out by yourself. But when it comes to therapy, for some reason, we're like, nah, I, I know what I can do. I'll just, you know, in between coffee breaks at work, I'll I just agree. like figure out my therapy. Yeah, And we'll try to do it with our heads as opposed to where it lives, which is in our bodies. Yeah, there's a lot of bad connotations, as you said, that come to society. I'm not sure whether it's being controlled to like mass media, Hollywood, but somehow, somewhere, someone has done something bad to to basically destroy this whole notion and like even with spirituality like we are just about to launch this podcast in romania i'm going to be very uncomfortable and i'm gonna be honest with you because people are not yet as open they are not ready for this kind of information mm. discussing about psychedelic drugs discussing about spirituality the dark night of the soul of how you can basically embody pain and all of those things so yeah it's going to be interesting what i wanted to ask you though because we are we are approaching obviously the the end as sure 
What do you want to be remembered for or as long after you're gone, Trevor? Two things, Pascu. I want, I am changing the paradigm of masculinity. Mm-hmm. My work has already proven that that's, it's happened. Now I just want it to happen on the biggest scale or on a global scale. And two, I want people to look at me and say, that was a dude who was willing to talk about all the things that no one else was willing to talk about, but we all saw. And that's, that's my ride here. That's my path here, right? Like I want to talk to men about pain. I want to talk to men about addiction. I want to talk about, oh, you, you have trouble with your erection. I want to talk to you about that. Why? Because it fucking happens. Mm-hmm. And so let's just stop pretending that all the things that we don't want to talk about don't exist and actually address them head on. And then for men, I know that there is a third way of being. It's not just the 50s Marlboro man. It's not just a sensitive new age guy. There is a path down the middle that when guys mm-hmm. embrace it, they their lives change drastically and they tell other men they're different fathers they're different husbands mm-hmm. they're different boyfriends they're different sons and so i know that works so those are the two things and again if you can turn me into a world class surfer with your you know get to pick your superpower i would love to be the guy that at 46 just showed up on the world tour and took kelly slater down but i just have a funny feeling that may not be my path <laughs> yeah, why not? But yeah, the the first one especially was the most important because that's how that's how the world will change by men becoming more embracing their embracing their masculinity and not running from it or hiding it into this little old child who is traumatized and weak. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh obviously we'd love to go on and on uh for at least two more hours but yeah uh, it has to have an end and right before that i just wanted to ask you the last question of the show so if you need just take some time to digest it and to answer so it goes like this imagine that you are on your deathbed so you are about to die you lived your life uh but right before you die there comes this person into the room next to your bed and you see that person, you look him into the eyes, you see and comprehend what you could have become. And that person, it's you. How would you feel about yourself and your whole life in that moment? Mm. If I died today, I would have peace and hope that my work got carried and expanded outward. If I, when I die, however it is, I have a funny feeling. I'm going to look back and go, I did what I was here to do. And I couldn't say that five years ago, guys, like seven years ago before the path started today. I can say it. I've left a legacy. I have Ted talks. I have books. I have a a whole of thousands of men now who are taking my work and carrying it as their own. Um, yeah, that's what that's how I would feel. Yeah. Very beautiful. And it's really important that, like you said, men really go for it. And even they might not be there exactly where they want to be, because there it is always going to be another goal, another bigger goal. You just have to embrace what you have done. You have to embrace that 
okay, you lived your life, like you said, you lived your legacy, you could have done better things, but again, you could have done way worse things and you could have been miserable your whole life. And yeah, that's why you gotta live a life without regret, isn't it? Yes, sir. Who knows, maybe this is just level three and then when you do the next reincarnation is going to be at another challenge and you have to upgrade, who knows? Right, <laughs> that's but, when I get into politics, yeah. <laughs> right, Trevor, uh, before we let you go, this is your moment right now. Tell our audience where they can find you, where they can get in touch with your content, with your resources, mm -hmm. how they can start working with you and how can they get involved. All the links are going to be in the description. Beautiful. So feel free to share everything. You know what? I'll, I'll keep it simple, guys. Find me on Instagram. I'm at Traver Bohm, T-R-A-V-E-R-B-O-E-H-M. And if anything I said today landed or you're interested in men's work or you're interested in anything that I do, shoot me a DM. I'm at a point now where I want to talk to people and I love talking to people and I love talking to people that have been on podcasts and have listened to podcasts. And just like you, if you reach out to me, I will return your, your message. And I'm still working at that level. Like, I want to talk to you. So yeah, hit me up on Instagram, all my stuff. Otherwise, I'm not hard to find. Uh, quick Google and you'll find every link you need. But I'd love to hear from someone who listened to you all or listened to us and, and something moved them. Love it, love it. Yeah, if, if this moves just one person, we've done our job today. So I'm pretty uh -huh. sure it's going to move more people. And the beautiful thing that obviously... It's quite apparent, but at the same time, we don't really get to realize it as often, especially as hosting it is the fact that you will stay there for a while, like until we move to web 5.0 and mm -hmm. this web is going to be in a museum somewhere, uh, it will still be there. So yeah, um, cool. Well, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. I'm, I'm pretty sure that if the audience uh, have learned at least 10% of what me and Bogdan have learned and have experienced, <laughs> that, that would be our work done. But yeah, Definitely. with that said, thank you very much. This was Pasco. This was Bogdan. And until next time, you guys stay grateful. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate you both. Thank you so much for sticking all the way till the end. This shows that you are serious about taking your life to the next level and doing that through a perspective of gratitude. If you enjoyed this interview, it would help us massively if you could give us a 5-star rating review on iTunes or else share this on your stories and tag us. This way, with your help, our message will be seen by more people and together we will make this world a better place.